Of course, good evening, everyone. As I told you guys this evening, we have author Mark Jacobson with me this tonight, and then Bandit and Caitlin have joined me. Caitlin, it's good to see you. I'm glad you could be with us this evening. And you, I know you've been kind of MIA, but hey, life is how it goes sometimes. <laughs> so thank you for being able to join us tonight. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Bandit, what's going on up there tonight, bud? You, I'm glad you made it on man. time. Like, look yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking awesome. forward to it, man. Looking awesome. forward to it. Well, well. You know, Mark, if that you don't mind, that's what, what I call you. You know, we. It's okay. That's my name. You can call awesome. me that. <laughs> I, I, you know, for in reality, I would probably. I mean, do you want like me to I come have... up with some name like Duke or? When we were talking, I was, when we were talking, I was calling you Mr. Jacobson, and that's just. Uh, I well, guess that was, that's, I my, just, that's my raising. You know, I don't even I, pay I, attention I, to that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I. Uh, I would have called you the same thing. Right. This guy's from the south. That's what they say. Yeah, we, you know, I, I run into that. My, my mama told me to always have manners and to please and thank you and the, the Mr. and Mrs. and all that good stuff. You know, I don't, I don't understand why it goes a long way, man. It goes a long way. It definitely, that's definitely been something that's been lost over a period of time here recently. Oh, that is true. And it's true. Although people have a, People don't want to mistake uh, good manners for actually being nice. You know, <laughs> that's right. not necessarily the same thing. Right. I understand. Yeah. I understand. You know, yeah. And I, uh, I, I actually discovered Mark because we had a guest the other week, William Ramsey. And after I had finished talking with William, he had made mention of one of Mark's books. And then I went and actually found a podcast that they had done together and was like, I would love to speak with this fella. And that's why I worked my magic and got him over here to join us this evening. So I do appreciate you being generous enough to come over here and have a chat with us. I see that you're still quite a busy man. It says that you're still active in editing on things out there. So, well, I'm still, yes, I'm still vertical. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always a good sign though. Hey, I mean, you know, and I, I, I always love talking. It's a horizontal. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I always, I always love talking to people that have been on this kind of journey longer than me. You know, I've, I've, I've been pushing for mm-hmm. the truth and all kinds of weird things for a really long time. And of course, you're someone that was probably doing it when I was figuring out how to walk. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a pleasure t- for me personally to always speak with, I guess, what you would consider elders, you know, people that have been seeing reality for what it is a lot longer than the rest of us have. And yeah. They're always full of great knowledge, and that's why I was mm-hmm. just like, "Man, like this is going to be, you know, my my kind of conversation." So, um, well, yeah. I hope I won't let you down here, man. Well, fantastic! So it's a big buildup. No, but you're right. I mean, I remember when I discovered Sherry Schreiner, and she blew my mind. I mean, and that this was her content being put out like 20 years ago. Well, so, I guess I'm the. I don't think I'm, I'm in the, the same bag as Sherry Shiner. <laughs> <But go ahead. laughs> I'm the baby in the boat with this kind of stuff. Um, I've only been doing this for uh, five years now. I've kind mm-hmm. of just been, you know, going for, you know, trying to, you know, wake people up to what's really going on for, you know, and before that, five years. I was, uh, you know, 
to put it nicely, I was, just, I, I was, uh, I was politically involved. I was, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of like, well, yeah. I think I was aware, but I, I, I called everybody, you know, Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. And they would never do something like that, you know? But well, yeah. And you know, that's what, yeah. that's what's piqued my interest is one of my all time favorite people, uh, you know, to, to reference and stuff. And, whatnot is is bill cooper and the first book that i had run across that that i had seen from you from what that william was talking about was your your pale horse rider which was kind of like another book that you had written you know after the fact and i you know that that i was just like whoa you know this is somebody else that is you know seeing things for what they really are and Mm -hmm. yeah your name sounds very familiar to me i i'm sure i've run across something that you've written that was (laughs) when see when he when i spoke to him he was like you should also check out my other book and you said that i needed to go check out there are plenty of books i just said there you have so many (laughs) oh yeah that that's very true you have written quite a few books quite a few stories i've seen on there that i was uh, there was more than i was aware of and i guess you have time with that you know you've you've been around long enough to write quite a few of them and when i started thumbing through that lampshade one that was that was, I found that interesting because it's kind of, in a sense, it's kind of gruesome, but at the same time, it's extremely a plausible reality. I mean, we see the things that do go on on a daily basis, and I know that they try to say that it was debunked or whatever, but I'm the kind of guy that always holds out that hope because you can never trust the people in charge, regardless there, of who there, there, there are debunkers and there are debunkers. I mean, people that just debunk things, <laughs> that's what they do. Sure. You know, it doesn't make it, they have no... Their goal is to tell you they're full of crap. So, like, they like, get paid. Can you, curse, can you curse on this show, by the way? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Oh, okay. I, yes, I sir. We're a bunch of sailors. <laughs> you know, the ground was, can you say fuck or not? I mean, you know, it's like, it's okay. All right. They get, they get paid to debunk. And when I say paid to get to, to debunk something, they get paid to say a specific, you know, answer to that. You know what I mean? Right. They'll take something out of context. Oh, and yeah. Make the whole thing. They'll say the whole thing is false because this one little part mm-hmm. wasn't exactly right. It was off. Or they'll just here. outright lie. Or they'll just outright lie and say, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you know, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to sell you a bill of goods here or anything like that. But I mean, actually, I'm a member of the mainstream media, you know, the hated mainstream media. Sure. So like, um, um, I've written for every magazine, like in the mainstream. So, uh, and including for the New York Times. So, um, you know, um, I, I have, have, have outlier views, but I'm a, I took a vow when I was about 17 or 18 years old that I was never going to work nine to five ever. So um, this was a great job to be a writer, to avoid working nine to five. And and so you so, do, you know, you do, but I, I guess writing for all these magazines and stuff like that, you've probably seen the big shift in journal journalism itself. You know, at one point in time, journalism was a, an actual thing out there seeking truth and stuff like that. And I know nowadays there's so much just, I don't know. There's just so much silly stuff that goes on in the news alone. You can sum it up in one word, the internet. That's two words. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, you know, <laughs> but I mean that's 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 really you know I've been writing for a living since 1972. That's almost a half. That's more than a half a century. It's kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, I never made any money doing anything else. This is what I do, and I managed to put three kids through college and all that crap. So like, um, but the thing is that the everything's things were changing all the time. But it was only after the invention of the internet that things got untenable for me as a writer. I couldn't work anymore. I stopped. Right. Because um, it didn't make any sense to me. The first of all, one of the first things that an internet that the internet did to people that were actually trying to be honest journalists, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, just work for a long time on a story and try to get the real truth of it, or at least your version of the truth, or try to say something that was intelligent that hadn't been said a thousand times before. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of work, and it costs, and it, and you should get paid. <laughs> you should get paid a reasonable amount of money. So the first thing the internet did that I noticed for the first time was that a piece that I used to write like for Rolling Stone or something like that, or be like 20,000 words, 15,000 words is a long story. And that was just the way it was done. And they give you like, you know, $20,000, which was, it took you three or four months to do it. So it wasn't that really, you weren't getting overpaid necessarily because you were doing something. <laughs> Very few people could do. And, uh, but so as soon as things began to get normalized in the internet, I would notice I would come up with the same piece that used to be worth $15,000 was now $500. So if you're going to, then why can, you cannot work hard for $500. You right. just can't do it. So the thing is that you've gotten this whole bunch of people who are actually experienced, who've done a lot of this stuff. I'm not cop, cop in an age thing, you know, but, uh, it's just like there's a lot of experience and experiential kind of stuff and that goes into finding out what's really the truth or at least something that may, that isn't just something that they're trying to make you believe. So, um, you know, but once you make it impossible to make a living doing that, I mean, I respect you guys totally because at least you're out there trying to do something. But I mean, most people my age just quit. And so therefore you lost. And I'm not trying to make a big case about how wonderful we were. But the thing is, like, you lost all these experienced people. And nobody ever talks about that. And and in journalism. Why the mainstream news news sucks? I mean, uh, well, they have people doing it that just suck. Yeah, well, I, I, you're talking about there. There was a time in the late '90s to early 2000s where you know written pieces, written journalistic pieces for magazines, newspapers, you know, whatever, took a nosedive right off a cliff. It was like the late '90s, early 2000s when well, everything just, was. Well, you yeah. can look at look at the look at the you know. Line it up against the the rise of the internet. Really, the internet, yeah. internet as a conspiracy a vehicle, really takes off after nine eleven. That's yeah. the first. That's the first pure internet conspiracy discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys. I would call it theory. I mean, it's a discussion. You know, oh, this yes. is a discussion. It's, it's, you, it's definitely a conspiracy. I don't guys, even think it's a theory. <laughs> it's you, definitely. You, you, well, you I, I was there that day. You know. I was there. Yeah. So, you know, so, um, 
uh, you know, one of the things that's a problem is, I'll tell you what really happened to those buildings, in my opinion. They weren't built to code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very simple. You know, it's a simple thing. I mean, the, the, but you need to spend a little time to find out this thing that the, those buildings were built by the Port Authority, which means, I don't know, you see in New York, people know about this, but the Port Authority was an interstate thing that has no building codes. They do do whatever they want. They're a separate organization. Um, do you ever hear of a guy named Robert Moses? Mm-hmm. It's a book, book called The Power, Power Broker. And that's mm-hmm. a, it's a very interesting book if you want to learn about how people control stuff. And, um, you know, so they built this building, these buildings, and they weren't built to either New Jersey code or New York code. So therefore, when they got hit by airplanes or blown up from below, whatever story you happen to believe in, they fell down. <laughs> you know? Right. So, um, that's not, uh, that's not very sexy to say that the building codes brought down the buildings, but. Well, also, that it's like what happened it, because they still died. People yeah, still if, died. If you ask yeah. people how many buildings came down that day, you're still going to get a vast majority of people that still only say two buildings came down that and day. It was. Building number seven standing right there. One building number seven. Yeah, yeah. right there. I mean, almost people, hit me in the head. <laughs> people will tell you straight to your face, like building seven was the most obvious controlled demolition that you can ever witness on TV. Yeah. Well, but buildings standing you know, right next to them. Stuff that people watch on TV. I don't know. I talked to this guy Samir. They put out this uh, this test. This uh, long one of these books that they do after something like that happens. Uh, by the NST, the national something. I don't know. It's the official whatever it is. So I went to a lecture by this guy, Samir. I can't remember his last name. Um, so I looked through the whole thing. It's about a thousand pages long. I said, well, what about building number seven? You didn't mention anything about that. And he says, well, you know, I'll tell you just between you and me. We never could figure out building number seven. I mean, these are the guys that were supposedly in charge. There were all these fancy right. engineers that went to Harvard and Yale, you know. So um, talking about the NTS, the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board. That's exactly who I'm talking. Yeah. About. Okay. All right. Well, just... um, <laughs> that, that's exactly who it is. Yeah, well, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That was the day that the book came out, and they had a press conference, and I went there, you know, because I was working for New York Magazine at the time, and it was very, you know, I'm like a, mm-hmm. I'm like a a guy, you know, that you expect to have there. So, um, you know, so he was willing to talk to me because, which is already bullshit in a way, because. Why should he necessarily talk to me just because I might have a press pass? So, like, uh, he could talk to everybody else too. But, um, you know, he's a bureaucrat. He doesn't have any time to do that. So he knows he has to talk to the press. So he talks to the press. And that's why it's very important to have people in the press that actually know that don't have a particular agenda, you know, one way or the other. So, uh, because that's the person that these people in power are going to talk to. So once you destroy the press, which I think is probably one of the things that has been kind of a problem with the so-called conspiracy movement. I mean, they're, they're undermining these journalists, people who are actually are trying their best to do their job. You know, I know that that, that may not matter to a lot of people, but actually most of these people that work at the New York Times, I mean, I know them and they're actually, they're not, they're not working for 
George Soros or, you know, whoever you might want to bring up. Right. Some, Not all of them. Actually, actually no, I, hardworking people, you know. Yeah. You are right, but they're overshadowed by, by the people that do. They're overshadowed by the ones that they choose to put in the spotlight and pay large sums of money to say whatever they're paid to say. The, the just the political mouthpieces that are put on, well, you know, TV or, you know, the, 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 to write the big articles for the magazine, but you do, I know what you're saying. You do have these, yeah, these quality journals. For, for the most part, they're honest people who are not bent, you know, I mean, they're trying mm-hmm. their best. And, uh, and, you know, just to blanketly dismiss this kind of information, I think is kind of short sighted to me. You know, I'm just telling you from my experience. That's all. Oh no, you, no, no, no. you've got, you've got the experience that, you know, we should probably listen to. You know, well, I don't know. Some people, I know a lot of old people that don't know anything. <laughs> I forgot half the stuff I did know. I'm just trying to make sure that I forget only the stupid shit. I want to keep yeah. this. <laughs> but somehow you don't have control over that. I'll tell you. you That's know, you what you hope to do. You'll find out, you know, it's like, you know, and, but, and I think you, that like the conspiracy theory word has like a really bad rap. A lot of people think that it means that we think it didn't happen at all. Like it wasn't real at all. And that is not what we're saying. It happened. It definitely happened. It was tragic. It just didn't happen the way we were told it happened. Well, you've got this situation where um, it's really a big problem. That's the reason why I wrote that book actually, because, you know, you know, like why, why should I believe, why should I believe anything that these people say? I mean, I, I, I you know, I, you have to have a good critique of capitalism to be able to understand that why you shouldn't believe what they say because they're trying to sell you something like everybody, mm-hmm. right? It's not just, I mean, a, a guy who runs a, stu- a shoe store, if there was such a person anymore, um, would be trying to sell you shoes. These people are trying to sell you information and that kind of thing. And, uh, that's a problem. So, um, yeah. You know, but it's just, uh, it's, it's gotten a lot worse over the past couple of years with the, with the onset of, of MSNBC and Fox News. That is just like the end of the world for people that are trying to be, you know, <laughs> I mean, the two of them together should just go off a cliff, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, because I don't. I mean, if this, I got to tell you, and I'm, that's that's I'm more of the New York. I'm a liberal, right? So I most of this, I would agree with most of the stuff is on MSNBC well, more than plus. It's entertainment. You're right. It's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. People want to get told what they already believe, and that that is and that is what these people do. I mean, you know. Sometimes I put on Fox and I go like, what universe are these people talking about? I mean, where where do they come from and why do they believe this stuff? And then. And I'm sure that people from the other side listen to MSNBC. They think the same yeah. thing, you know. So, you know, it's just See, not. I, I, I really, stupid. I really think those like that's more of the ones like Bandit's talking about, like your like your Foxes and your MSNBC. Oh, your yeah. how they're how they're so politically charged and leaned. You know what I'm saying? That that if you do watch it from the other side, you're like, what in the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. You got folks like me that are watching. I've heard of Hunter Biden's backpack or 
laptop or whatever the fuck it was before I started watching Fox News. I mean, you know, the things that I was reading didn't have, that wasn't the fate of the universe, wasn't depending on this one thing, you know. But, you know, once once you uh, move over to the other sources, then you begin, it's like sort of like if you don't know Spanish, you don't know Spanish, you know. You're not going to understand anything they say. So that's why it's good to learn Spanish. You can find out what they say. So what, you know, uh, it's it's kind of an interesting thing because I think that the conspiracy movement, if you don't mind me spouting off a little bit, I think the conspiracy movement is in a, in a currently people. See, I've been following this stuff basically since the Kennedy assassination. You know, here you got that's really the beginning for, for a lot of people, and uh, and you've got the, the crime of the century. I mean, the crime of this century, right? I mean, what other thing? Would, I mean, the 20th century had a lot of criminality. But, you know, the single murder of the century was this one guy who happened to be the president of the United States, right? And he gets shot in full view of, you know, hundreds of people that are standing right next to it. And the fact most people believe it was on TV, but it was not on TV, you know? I mean, people have this idea that it was on TV and everybody watched it, but that's not really. So, um, but anyway, there were certainly a, a lot of eyewitnesses there and all this extra stuff and the Warren report and all this stuff. And still, what is it now? Um, 60 years later. It's going to be 60 years later. Yeah. This year, 60 years, mm-hmm. right? Still nobody knows what happened. So, like, the thing is, like, nobody knows what happened. So, you've got the murder of the most important guy on earth in plain sight of everybody, and still nobody knows what happens. Because, I mean, I, you can go walk around and yeah. you won't find According very many people that think that. Well, you know, you're not going to find very many people that are going to believe what the Warren report said, which was like Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're just not going to find that. But on the other hand, most of these conspiracy theories that came up about it, don't really stand up either. So, you know, and once you begin to like really look at them, you know, um, you know, so it's, uh, there's a mystery about that. That's once you begin to understand this kind of idea that there's no answer, this is a, this is a formidable moment in your, in your, in your, for me, anyhow, in the, in the idea that somebody who, believe really pretty fervently that if you keep on working, you would get to the right answer and you'd find out what the real truth was. But somehow the real truth is just, it's just not there. You know, it's, it's a mystery. It's what, that's why they call it a mystery. So because nobody knows did Jesus Christ return on the third day. Well, we just don't know, you know, but a lot of people believe it. So, um, you know, it's just, an inter- it's interesting. So I think that to get to the point, I was trying to make is I think that conspiracy, especially, and don't, I mean, I wrote a whole book about this, so I thought a lot about it. But the thing is that I feel that a lot of people, you know, conspiracy people that started with the Kennedy assassination, they were there to try to say something that other people were not saying, you know, mm-hmm. that they were not, they were, this was like a contrary point of view because, you know, we don't, we're not going for that. And it's just as possible that X, Y, and Z happened as what you claim happened, because certainly right. nobody believe this stuff about the bullet, you know? So, um, on the other hand, now I feel that conspiracy has come to the point where it's just an orthodoxy like anything else. If you, you don't, don't believe, if you don't believe that we never went to the moon, you must be crazy, right? 
Like, right. You know, you've got, you've got a lot man. You know, there's, there's, I've, I try to point this out from time to time because I've come across some people that I think too passionately, you know, like they believe like a conspiracy type thing. And, you know, you've got to be careful. I believe in the conspiracy world because you've got a lot of counter conspiracy type stuff, you know, like you've got things that I feel from my perspective are straight put out in put out there to intentionally mm-hmm. you know like kind of mock us mock to, people to, or to yeah. put in people into a different direction and stuff and right. to make to make people that think outside the box you know look kind of well, ridiculous the moon landing is another one of those things where uh it happened it just didn't happen the way they okay. said it did you know do you mind me, do you mind, do you mind me asking you how do you think it happened how do I think it happened? What do you believe about it that particular incident? You know, it definitely did not happen in 1969 the way they said it did, <laughs> but I think it did happen later on, and I think it's happened lots of times since then. Um, and we just aren't told about it. There's just too much evidence pointing to that that you know that it didn't happen in 19. 19- I mean, mm-hmm. you can't believe. That, you know, they all of a sudden lost all the tapes, all of the right. footage, all the of phone the, call. the phone call from Nixon to the moon using a landline, the uh, the camera that was already on the surface when Aldrin stepped off. Just you, mm-hmm. you can't. There's just no way they've done where they've looked at the actual pictures and the video footage of the light and where it was coming from and how it hit the surface of the moon that it was just like, this was done at a studio at that time. Do you think of Stanley Kubrick right. really shot the footage or something like that? That is, that's very, that's very possible. That's now, a very, very possible. But later on, like I mean, I that's, said, that's part of the, that's part of the, we didn't yeah. go to the moon thing. Of Stanley Kubrick shot the footage when he was making 2001 or something like that. So, but I, but, I personally don't believe that. The, <laughs> I, and like, like I see, I'm, I'm right there with like Caitlin on that. Like, I think, I think that that initial one was just America trying to be Russia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Has it happened since then? Oh yeah. Pro- probably. I, I think yeah, so. More than likely. Has it happened oh. since then? But did it happen in 1969? I don't. I at least not that, ver- at least that, that version. Didn't. Of it. At least not well, the televised version. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's just, uh, it's, uh, these things, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I find to be frustrating uh, about, you know, I'm a, I'm, look, I'm, I don't call it conspiracy. I call it power politics, you know. It's just yeah. another way of looking at politics, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I think conspiracy yeah. is a pejorative word right. that I, if I'm going to be on that side, I don't want to put myself, you know, behind yeah, the starting line right away, you know. I want to, I want to give myself a chance to win the argument. So, like, um, the thing is that, uh, you know, it just, uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Um, that's another thing that happens when you get older. <laughs> what the fuck? Actually, that's been happening to me all day. I think it's just today. <laughs> where are you where are you living? They have legal pot there. Um. Well, it's decriminalized, <laughs> not legal, but. <laughs> oh, so well, actually, I'd rather decriminalization than legalize. Legalize means that you do what we say, or you mm-hmm. 
you know, decriminalize is a, is a better step, actually. I'm yes. to take it. I'm, I'm, I'm still in a, I'm still in a state that they'll uh, probably shoot you on the side of the road if you haven't. So, where you live in Texas, Georgia, <laughs> oh, Georgia. Man. Georgia. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like you know, it's just like you know, I, I you know, all my life I was growing up, you know, because of the civil rights stuff and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, we were against states' rights, you know. So now I'm thinking like, wow, states' rights is the only thing that's going to save my ass here because I don't want to be like you know the the federal the Supreme Court is making these kind of decisions. And, um, you know, these people are in the Congress. I mean, I'm not really that for that. I'd rather just stay home, right? You know, I mean, New York City is like my home, and that's where I understand what the world is like, you know, from this world. Our, our one know. of our co-hosts lives up there, actually, that couldn't join us this evening. He's, uh, he's uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a zone. It's a, I'm not saying it's people mm-hmm. don't know what's going on, but we have a certain way of looking at things, you know? Sure. sure. Yeah. No, I, you know, my I, aunt. She lived there for like ten years. She was uh-huh. there when uh the planes hit. She lived there then. Yeah, it was a it was a really scary and very upsetting mm-hmm. time. But then, by two weeks later, people in New York. I mean, they got to go to work, right? So, right. <laughs> well, know, that, she, yeah, that's she down was here. walking we, on her way to work. I'm we, sorry, Jim Bob. We, we, no, you're good. We just had that big destruction down here with all those tornadoes. And yeah, you're right. You know. Uh, yeah. So hey, man, Jim Bob, what do you think happened to the Georgia Guidestones? I, my perspective on that is that. It, clearly somebody blew it up, but like every, everybody wants to go like it was either uh, it was either somebody that was like a vigilante or something. But I think that there was more more to the destruction of it. Like they kind of wanted to erase it because it has so much controversial stuff on it that does spur up a lot of nonsense. It kind of seemed like a message to me. And and the fact yeah, I that drove, they, I was living in Atlanta, I drove all the way out of my way to look at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I to see it. Yeah. The um, the, like we drove over there. The the I guess the my biggest question with that is where's the time capsule? That's a good one. It, was there supposed to be a time? Mm-hmm. There was. Yeah, there was a time capsule a time underneath. Capsule. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, what they yeah. ended up saying was there was a copy of. They made jokes. Uh, yeah, it was a like five thousand quaaludes mm-hmm. and a copy <laughs> of a Playboy from the seventies or something. Somehow, I mean, you know, you can't believe everything you hear. But five, but five thousand <laughs> quaaludes, man! Holy crap! Man, the quaaludes are the quaaludes are hard to find these days. Five thousand, you can make a killing with five thousand, man. Yeah, man, that's probably that's probably the world's biggest cache of quaaludes. Quaaludes were outlawed. I don't know. Some hundred times, <laughs> you know, it was people in my generation have never even seen one. We, I have no idea what it oh, looks like. They used, used, used to be called seven fourteen because they said, you know, it's like sometimes you see a pill, mm-hmm. they'll say they'll mm-hmm. say have a number on it. So seven fourteen, it was like, hey, you got me seven fourteen, and it's kind of a weird coincidence because you ever watched Dragnet? Mm-hmm. No old TV show. What was the police? What was the police call? Wasn't there a code? Adam code for seven fourteen. Yeah, no, this is code seven fourteen. This, this is taken from Dragnet because Dragnet was one of the first cop shows that were ever on TV. Mm-hmm. And Joe Friday, the guy that said "Just the Facts, Ma'am, Just the Facts," was a famous thing, and also that famous song, dun, 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 which you probably have heard, right? And um. But his badge was was badge. Usually, it was, before it was called Dragnet, it was called Badge Seven Fourteen. Wait a minute, 
was was Dragnet was before Adam Twelve? Way before that. Adam Twelve was until like you know when is that? Dragnet is from the fifties. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. That you know, I, I I recall you know watching it in rerun form. You know that was yeah the, t- the reruns. TBS days. You know we had when I was growing up, we didn't have yeah. but an antenna and a few channels, and we'd have TBS, and yeah. they played all the reruns of all the stuff from everything. That stuff doesn't look that bad compared to the regular TV shows these oh. days. I watch Perry Mason all the time. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I think I. Uh, I was probably watching Hey Arthur back then. So. Well, I mean, I'll, shoot, I'll still. I'll, I'll, People can date themselves by what TV shows they used to watch when they were kids, you know. So, I've, I've always been a like a western. Like I grew up watching a lot of the old westerns. Oh my god, I, man. yeah, like John Wayne. Because my grandpa, my, well, my grandpa was big into wolves. <laughs> yeah, they had a yeah. You, your grandpa age was the like, Saturday night was the great western night. CBS. <laughs> CBS, I think at, at nine o'clock they had some western. At nine thirty they had Have Gun Will Travel, which was my favorite one, because they used to have a little yeah. He see his card because he was a bounty hunter basically, and it said Have Gun Will Travel. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then um, after that was Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. They still run that one. Gunsmoke. That was one my grandpa always watched. It was incredible. It was as popular. Uh, It was it was the Super Bowl of its day. And then they watched. Then they watched Lonesome Dove and Green Acres. Green Green Acres was around then. Lonesome Dove was later though. We I I also grew up watching a lot of Little House on the Prairie and uh, yeah, that too. Andy Griffith Show and you know that was yeah. Those those were normals for me growing up. Like that was. a cousin of mine, by the way, Andy Griffith. Yeah, Andy yeah. Griffith is a cousin of yours. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see? Yeah. You, should, you should see this movie he's in called "Face in the Crowd." I've never seen it. I will look, though. Look, it, look it, it up. Look it up. "Face in the Crowd." Andy Andy Griffith plays this politician who takes over the, the United States. <laughs> He plays a country singer, country singer who takes over, who becomes like the biggest thing, you know, Donald Trump's times 10. (laughs) You should watch it. It's very, I I know he also played in a movie. Conspiracy element in it, really. I know he also played in a movie that, uh, the, the murder in Coweta County. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, it, I mean, we just well, you just used to watch him as the sheriff from Mayberry, you know. But, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually, he was a hard nosed dude. I think it was one of his yeah. first. It was one of his first like a uh, lawyer type roles that ended up kind of leading into him becoming Matlock. Matlock, yeah. And he, uh, there, there was this murder that happened in Coweta County, Georgia, and it was a dude had killed had killed a black man and put him down in the well and stuff like this and there, it, oh. supposedly it was over a cow and all this kind of stuff and the dude was, was well, case. yeah yeah it was the, the dude was well in like the politics political scene and stuff of that county or whatever well it turns out that it's my my wife's great grandfather <laughs> that was really? the, that was the guy that did it and and really? <laughs> yeah and like it's it, you know we, we got to talk about something one day and she was like oh yeah she's like that's my family and i'm just like wait what and she was like yeah i was just like wait on which side is your family she's like the side that did the murdering and i'm like oh shit 
<laughs> well, that, that's... Listen, guys, I got to go get my kids in the bed. But hey, Caitlin, so I appreciate nice you joining us this evening. Very nice yeah. to see you. Nice to yeah. meet you. Nice to meet you. But definitely, definitely find that movie. I will. I definitely will. Face Jamal, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Face in the crowd. Okay. I remember. Thank you, Caitlin. If Thank not, you again. I'm sure my grandpa will know. Okay. There you go. All right. See you. And, and, and Mark, you know, there's digging through some of your other books in here. I see that you are, you know, behind the the American Gangster and Other Tales. That's also you? Yeah, that's me. I mean, I wrote the story that the movie was based on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. I also that's wrote the story. That's that, a, that was a good movie, by the way. That was a really good movie. Actually, movie. actually, actually, I, 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 I didn't like the movie that much. No? <laughs> I knew too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, if you know if you know what the real story is, sure, fictional sure. story doesn't really come up to it. Sometimes it's the other well, way around. But was there any I also, like I basis? Also wrote the story that the TV show Taxi is based on. I'm sorry, what, you wrote the story for Taxi. I wrote the original, original piece. I was a cab driver in New York City. I wrote this article, and they made it into that TV show. Wow, that's that's. <laughs> Massively People, impressive, actually. Like, isn't that how? Isn't that how? Isn't that how? Uh, and was it Andy Kaufman was on that? Andy Kaufman, that was his first big role. Yeah, yeah. He was and, a stand-up uh, stand oh comedian. My. He was a stand-up comedian at, at, that played at places like uh, it was called Catch a Rising <laughs> Star and and the Improv. Yeah, and he was. And he was just a real funny stand-up comedian, you know, real off the off the wall. And that's how he got the gig. I yeah. Mean, he was off the wall to say the the least. Yeah. He was funny. But, uh, I mean he was funny, man. He's the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't no, don't get me wrong. That was, was funny, yeah. He used to, but, he used to say he like I used to go see I like to go watch stand I don't watch him anymore because I don't get the jokes because everything who was else was but who he else was, was saying, on that I, show. Well, Taxi. It was Andy Kaufman and um there was See the original one, Danny DeVito was it? Yep. It was yes, that was that was what I was going for. It was, Danny, yeah, it was Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Danny DeVito got that job because of me. I think. <laughs> because nice. the guy I took those guys that made the movie. The guys that made the mm -hmm. show, James L. Brooks, who later became an interesting person for you, maybe, because he's the guy that made broadcast news and a bunch of other stuff that really kind of locked in the idea of what the news media was supposed to be like. And he was the producer of that because they worked for this thing called Mary Tyler Moore. Mm -hmm. who, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, Mary, Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore. And, and then, so they did that. And then I, they wanted me to go take them to the garage where I was driving. Let me get rid of this guy. <laughs> oh, he's got a he's getting a phone call. Um so uh and uh, uh there was this little stubby little guy who was the who was the dispatcher. You go in and you give your hack license to this little guy, he was a mean motherfucker, and uh, and that's how he, they must have looked for somebody like that. They got him. No, that's 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 actually amazing. You know that that it's based there. He's oh, a real happened. That happens from time <laughs> to time on my end. I do apologize. A little bit of internet trouble. Well, I mean, you know, um, the guy. Uh, what was his name? Tony somebody. Tony Dancer. No, yeah, he Tony. was. He was not. 
not a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> but Danny DeVito was a very nice person. You know, I've always I actually I, met I met them on the set. You know, so the, I you know they thought, oh, here's the guy that wrote the story. We can't. They immediately. It's the same thing because you know the truth. You you don't know what the script says, so they were already nervous about it, you know, because you're going to say, no, 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 that's not the way that really happened. No, no. <laughs> so, you know. And so you were, and I, like, guess, like, I guess you kind of based a lot of that writing off of experiences out there. Driving yeah, I was driving a taxi cab in New York City. I mean, uh, back in 1972, 1970, 71, this is when they, the city was, um, <laughs> the city was about to go bankrupt. I mean, you know, it was incredible. You know, it was like, it was, it was before they built the World Trade Center. Yeah. <laughs> not before, not after, before it was knocked yeah. down, you know. So, um, you know, it was just sort of a, so when I finally started getting jobs as a writer, the guy who was the editor of the place I was working said, you used to drive a taxi? I said, I still drive a taxi <laughs> because I wasn't really making enough money as a writer. So I still would drive every so often. And he said, well, you got to write a story about that. I said, nah, man, and, you know, I don't want to do it. And he made me do it, and it was a good thing. <laughs> Turns out the editors are sometimes right, you know. Are no, we still that, on? Hmm? Yes, yeah, we're still here. I, I, I guess we're just having uh, uh, a think, freeze problem. Uh, I was out there for Jimmy's frozen. Going. Usually it's me with internet trouble. He's frozen. The captain? Where are you from, Ben? Kentucky. You're yeah. in Kentucky? Yep. Central really? Kentucky. Central Lives. Those weird toys and stuff like that. I apologize yeah, again. I, 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 no, you, good on you're, you're so suffering from is. you're suffering from my internet issues, <laughs> and it says I got full mm-hmm. bars, so it's just acting up. So I I really have no idea why it's acting up. But I mean, this is this has been you know I like that's a bonus. Like I didn't realize that you were actually behind Taxi. Like that 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 is just I'm not really behind it. I mean, I mean they, they based the thing on my story, but I mean you know once once. But they, they would have never had that idea if you probably wouldn't have wrote the story, though. That's yeah. Probably, you know, well, that's probably good. true. And I did get, I did get, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the former world, I, they didn't, they called me up and said, like, I said, you know, I'm not getting as much money as I was supposed to get. I talked to a lawyer and they said, we could have just ripped you off. We didn't have to give you anything. So I said, well, yeah, but you did give me something. So now I want to be treated fairly. <laughs> so, you know. But it was kind of interesting. It was fun and, to be on the set there with those guys a little bit because I was a young guy. I was like twenty four or something like that. So, are you done? Like, are you done writing pieces for? Um, uh, are you done I'm writing, done writing articles? Pieces. Are you current? I'm pretty much done writing pieces because, I mean, I, I mean, I I can't write pieces for people. I'm looking across a table, and the editor is half my age or less. And we're not mm-hmm. living in the same world, you know. I mean, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about like who's on TV. Uh, you know, I haven't seen that if there were 10 movies that are nominated for the Academy Award this year, 
even though I'm a member of the Screenwriters Guild and I get them all for free, I've never seen any of them. You know, I have no desire have to see them. Yeah, <laughs> I have. And, and that I'm is true, guy. too. I have, um, you're right on the cusp. If you're 40, you're going to begin to notice that you don't know what's supposedly going on. I don't. I really don't. I don't, I don't. know, like... I don't know what's big in the music world. I don't know what's big on uh, in the movie world, the TV world. I sort of get like what's big. Um, I'm on that. I'm on that era where we grew up with the very beginning of video games. So that is like yeah. what I that I pay attention to that sort of only because you know my kids are getting involved with that. So I feel like I got to do yeah, it as a dad. I mean, you know, like people tend to stay where they. You know, I'd, I don't even know who's going to the Super Bowl this year. I gave up on sports, man. I don't think I don't think they figured that out yet. I think, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's like yeah, it's it, pretty, yeah good. I still, I still, hey, listen, good. I still listen to the, I still follow the New York Knickerbocker. Good one with the, plus, yeah, because I'm like you know imprinted on the New York Knickerbockers. I've been following them my whole life, but I mean, most of the stuff I don't I don't pay attention because the thing is that like I don't want to be taken advantage of. You know, oh I don't want. God, to play, I got you. I don't want to go to a stupid game and, and pay a hundred and fifty dollars for a lousy seat. And um, are you and, writing like independently? Do you have like an online forum? Yeah, yeah, where I'm, you I'm put doing, out your. Th- yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm launching a website in the next couple of months. That's gonna have my stuff on it. So um, nice, nice, nice. Keep uh, keep Jimmy up to date, and he'll keep me up to date because I try to keep. Yeah. That's where. Like people that we meet on this show that have experience, like they're launching their own websites, they're writing well, you articles, know, or the they're. The only thing you can do it's like self defense, you know? I yeah. Mean, I don't want to, I mean, I, like I tell you, you know, I, I, the suggestions that I would have for pieces, um, see, I had a really good editor for a long This is how it works, really. I had a, I worked in New York Magazine for, I don't know. 20 years or something, you know, and I published tons of articles there. And uh, then my editor, he died. Like he had the, uh, the, the outrageousness to die, died, right? <laughs> so the people that they replaced them with were half my age and I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't sell the stories. Yeah. I mean, and especially, I guess, coming from a whole new, new perspective and such, you know, like the, you may mention earlier, you, you, about, being in like the liberal kind of world and the liberal world that I guess you would have grown up in compared to the liberal world today are definitely. Oh yeah. It's, to, it's too, I mean, I, I, those, those liberal, those neoliberals, I don't really like those very much. You know, I'm talking, I talk about liberals. I'm talking about immigrants and yeah, you know, those, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I'm from New York. It's I, like a place. It's, it's a town of immigrants. That's, you know, there was a Jews. I call them, I call them unicorns nowadays because very, you know, occasionally I'll run across an, an author such as yourself or something like that that has the experience and recognizes themselves as, I guess you could call it a classic liberal now, you know, and you don't really yeah, see that anymore. Oh, he's, he's freezing. Up. He's freezing again. Hey, man, you better, you better upgrade that. You better upgrade that redneck uh, TV. Um, TV you better upgrade the TV. There, man. Yeah, man. I know I'm having some TV this issues. Is terrible, you know. This is, I've I never thought Georgia had this was a modern trouble. place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually I usually don't have this much trouble, so I do apologize. Anyhow, um, 
You gotta hey, you gotta make sure you turn it to channel three. If your 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 signal is invading Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn is rejecting your signal. Yeah, you gotta turn your you gotta turn it to channel three. <laughs> and channel three, that's right. Isn't that that's right? You had to turn it to channel three before yeah, yeah. everything to channel three, yeah. That's, yep. that's the thing of the past. Yeah. You know? yep. That's a good one, man. I haven't thought of that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> things are suddenly they're suddenly they're very showed- important and all of a sudden they're not they're not important at all. <laughs> I showed I showed my age, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the perfect age. Channel three. Uh, I forgot oh, man. That completely. But you see the thing about it, like about the, about the Bill Cooper book. Yeah, let me just get back to this ostensible topic that we're supposed to be talking about. Um, yeah, you know that book talking about liberals. You know, I don't think that. I mean, to me, Bill Cooper is an interesting person, and he's got he had a lot of interesting ideas, and his story was perfect. He has a great story. For mm-hmm. somebody like myself to tell his story, because I feel that I don't have a political agenda. I'm a journalist, you know. I, I'm really right, you know. I know this is probably, you know, a nightmare for some people, but I'm right down the middle, you know. I mean, I don't think about like this kind of stuff about what's going to live. I just thought that he was an interesting American person, you know. And it turned out that I was a little bit ahead of the curve on that in a way, but I mean. I mean, most of the stuff that I write, all my buddies would read it, you know? Mm-hmm. But very few of them read that Bill Cooper book because they thought because it has the word conspiracy on the cover that it was some kind of Trump book. And I would say, you know me for 30 years. Do you think I'm going to write a book that's going to be like, you know, complimentary to Donald Trump or something like that? Or like somehow I've been, my mind has been, you know, I'm trying to look at this from the, from the point of view of every side that you can think of, you know, because it's an interesting topic and it's something that people are very concerned about. And I still never got my buddies to read it, you know, because they were liberals, you know, <laughs> I mean, they were just, they it's, brought into this it, whole thing, you know, this it's kind of, frustrating. Like, upside, it really is, you know? It's frustrating that, you know, people will just, they will take a book at face value and look at it. Like, just read the cover and not even bother. They're so, they're so like hard set on their political views that they will look at the cover of a book like that and go, I'm not going to read that reading just my the cover. Years too. I mean, I feel like, you know, they already, I mean, we're buddies. We hang out. We go have a beer. I mean, you know what? I'm like, you know, I'm not going to write that book. I'm certainly not, not going to write the opposite book. I'm going to write the book of like what I find when I go out there, but I spend a lot of time working on it. I mean, I went out to Arizona where the guy lived for at least a total of six months. I mean, it was there all the time. I didn't find it all out from the internet or something like that because I'm, t- I'm, taught to go do your actual reporting so um mm-hmm. you know don't you know the internet stuff i'd look at that just to see well the internet is saying this about that so therefore it's like you go interview 15 people right and then and to me the internet was like one person i mean they were saying the same thing <laughs> it was like you know i could i could have an interview with somebody else who say something completely different and then I say, well, I read that, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they would say, well, that's not true. Something like that, or that is true. But it was one of the things that's really a problem is that people don't even go out. They don't go out of their house to try to find out what's going on. They stay home. They never make a phone call, you know, and um, it's just all whatever. It's all hearsay. 
<laughs> it's like everything you read on the internet is hearsay because you're he it's like to you you didn't find it out for yourself like bill cooper's famous thing was do your own research you know do mm-hmm. your own research you know um but that has a that has a that's his most famous quote probably outside of inventing the word sheeple so like um and yet but the people who follow him these days are just stuck in this kind of like you know his mind his mindset was made up in the late 1970s after he got out of the Vietnam War so if you want to be on the cutting edge you might want to pay attention to something that's happened in the past 50 years not opposed not going back to what this guy this particularly and actually not mentally stable individual had to say i mean he's a brilliant guy i'm not knocking the guy i wouldn't have written a whole book about him um if i didn't think that he was an interesting person and that he was brilliant about certain things but the um you know if you're just going to adopt these views without bothering to check them out you know you're just as stupid as everybody else that you're thinking is stupid so you i mean had, you <laughs> had made mention about like the do your own research and stuff like that you know i that's the aspect of bill cooper that you're talking about is the aspect that i also you know would view bill in you know and i do understand that there was times that he was definitely not all there one of my biggest respectful moments i think for him was the way he eloquently would drag alex jones for being a sensationalist that's just out there you know pushing fear porn to people on a constant basis and like, well, like, when he, he, like, he was prophetic about that because Jones wasn't even really doing that at the time. You know, he only did that later, but he warned people that this is the kind of person you're dealing with. You know, yeah, I mean, like, Bill Cooper was a very smart guy and he had, and he was, he was a troubled person. There's no doubt about it, you know. So, I mean, but I've gotten so much hate mail about that book from people who are supposed to be Bill Cooper, followers, you know, I mean, I said, well, I mean, I paid a lot of attention to the guy, I wrote a whole book about him, you know, I mean, doesn't that get me some, cut me some slack? And they said, oh, no, you're, a, you're an agent of the CIA or something like that. I said, well, if I'm working for the CIA, where's my check? You know, <laughs> what, 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 what am I doing this for? If I'm like, I have some other agenda. I mean, I did the book because I wanted to do the book. And, so, um, and being a real journalist, because like you said, you, you cut down the middle. You're not trying to make your journalism about, you weren't trying to make your journalism about left or right, you know, paradigms. Well, no, I mean, I feel like the people there are going to tell you what the story, I mean, I spent a lot of time with that guy, guy Doyle Shamley, who was Cooper's guy, you know. He's the guy, you know, he's the one that saved all those broadcasts so people can listen to them and come up with all kinds of theories about him. He did that. You know, now he's an enemy because somehow, I don't know, people always have to have a lot of enemies. You notice that? So like, um, you know, so Doyle went from being the good guy to the bad guy just because he didn't agree with some people's uh, opinions of this guy that he really dealt with every single day for for quite a bit of time you know i figured he's gonna know you know even just hanging around with him and looking into his face was enough put me put me in a situation where i can understand that maybe some of the stuff he was saying was true or not true but at least i took a trouble to go seek him out and find him and we became friendly you know he he, he taught me how to shoot <laughs> he gave right. cooper he gave me cooper's gun which i i can send you a picture of me firing it you know nice. i mean and so like i mean you know it's like all kinds of stuff that and 
you know, we became friendly. And then he came to visit me in my house in New York and I showed him around, you know, and I got him to say one thing about the gun thing, which I thought was pretty interesting. You know, this guy's a, I mean, he's a, marksman he's a military gun instructor he's a gun guy you know and i know i mean I, i'm a believer in the second amendment so you know it's not a problem for me but um so but i said doyle man you know living in new york and living in arizona two things man you know it's when it comes to a lot of different things and guns are part of them so he comes to visit me and we go on the subway during the rush hour and he i said and you know he went, was crushed up in there you know like it's like you know sardine land you know and uh, he i go like hey doyle what do you think if everybody in this car was packing how would you like that and he goes well i don't know about that (laughs) well i proved my fucking point because like you know everything is like in its place you know i mean if i was a young guy and i was growing up and my dad gave me a gun when i was six years old yeah i would feel a certain way about it you know but i'm grew up in new york city where like you know this was not part of the deal so i mean a lot of this kind of stuff is you know people arguing about something that is not worth arguing about because you're not going to change anybody's mind about that kind of thing, but you do have to come to some kind of like, because you can't have all these people getting shot all the time. That, I mean, you can't say that that's okay. If you're in meaningful society, you can't be afraid when you go to the supermarket every time that some nut is going to shoot you. So like, I don't know how you solve it. It's not going to be by restricting guns because it's, it's, that's not going to work. You know, so let's figure out something. Say that's an impot. It's That's an impossibility. Even if, even if you really, really wanted to do that, you couldn't do it, right? So, yeah. But but you can't have a society where with these mass shootings all the time, you know. And I don't think they're they, you know, I'm not somebody who believes that they don't really happen. I think they really do happen. Oh, they do. Die. They people die. Come on. You know? And like you know, this this business about. Everybody's bitching about Alice Jones, right? I bitch about Alice Jones, blah, blah, blah. So, but then I meet these people. So, you know, they're really railroading them on this, on, on this Sandy Hook stuff. And I said, well, look, I believe in his First Amendment rights and I don't feel that he should be getting this kind of, I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of mixed about this, but you got to admit that he definitely was a rabble rouser about this kind of stuff. All you have to do is listen to it. So, um, you can't defend him. Well, I mean, he shouldn't, he shouldn't well, be convicted. He, he, because he was exercising his First Amendment rights. I don't believe that. But I do believe that, you know, you there's such a thing as loose law, loose lips, man. You know, you got to be smart. What he did as far what he did as far as speaking out about the actual Sandy Hook incident was OK to a point. Well, when, he, when he's telling it, people he, when he's, this crisis actor thing is not OK. Yeah. <laughs> What he did as far as releasing the victim's phone numbers and addresses. That's not okay. That's, that is not okay. Well, I mean, you know, for somebody who's supposed to be like Joe Libertarian and privacy and all that kind of stuff, you don't give out people's telephone numbers. No. I mean, especially when you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a big surprise that these people went to those people's houses and bothered them after their kid oh. got you know, you it's know, they they harassed every single victim of the Sandy Hook incident. All the parents that lost kids, you know, they 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 got harassed. Well, now, I, speaking I, out I, of speaking yeah, out right. about the incon yeah, speaking out about the inconsistencies in the whole incident, 
yeah. can be seen as okay, you know, that can be that that's acceptable. But going yeah, as far under as, as like bringing the, the yeah. Okay. Bringing the families into that, man, you, that you took it too far. Well, he took it too far, and he's like the only one like him. So he's getting all the, you know, he got all the success, and now he's getting all the disaster, you know. So yeah. But one of the things that Cooper felt about him was because Alice Jones went to school on Bill Cooper. He used to listen to his broadcasts. You know, his parents would tell him when he was growing up in Austin, Texas, he'd be listening to those broadcasts and his parents, like my parents used to scream at me for listening to, uh, Murray the K was playing all these kind of rock and roll records back in the 1954 or something like that. Go to bed! <laughs> so like, you know, uh, that's what it was like, you know, because he was sitting there listening to Bill Cooper. So then when he finally got old enough to actually talk to Bill Cooper, this was a big deal for Alex Jones. And in fact, Alice Jones, and you got to give him credit for this. When Bill Cooper got shot, it's in that book that I wrote. When Bill Cooper got shot, nobody paid any attention to it at all. Zero. No, it was just some nut that got shot, you know, and he didn't get shot by the FBI or any of this stuff that people believe. So, um, but Alice Jones took the trouble to find out about what he called that very night you know, and talk to a bunch of people that were actually on the scene. He actually, for one night, he actually did his job as a reporter. He found out what happened, or he was trying to find out what happened. So, you know, mm-hmm. I give him points for that. But, you know, you just, it's it's a difficult thing, man. You know, whenever, when this stuff, like, but, um, I can't remember her name now, but when she said it's entertainment, you know, there's entertainment and there's entertainment, but, I mean, you, you see the, uh, I mean, I'm a patriotic American. I like to see the country not fall apart because of this this arguing and constant shit all the time. You know, I mean, I come to, I go to Kentucky, which is, I hate to mention, a pretty right wing state, right? <laughs> so, I have a lot of friends there. I mean, I like the people because once you meet the people, they're fine. You know, if you mm-hmm. just listen to them, listen to what they're supposed to be like, then yeah, okay, I hate those people, which is just fucking awful. Kentucky. I'm not. I'm not originally from Kentucky. I, okay. I'm a northerner. I'm a. I'm a Yankee. I'm a Yankee by birth. You're a Yankee. I'm a, I'm a northerner. Like far, no, <clears throat> Central Kentucky. I had a good friend. I had a lot of good friends in Owensboro for, for strange reasons. That's not too. That's not. That's not too far. I grew up in. I was born and raised in uh, Northern Illinois, but you know, I I made my home in many in, different places due to, due to the middle due to the uh, oh, just just west of Chicago. Just west. Uh, I uh, due to the military, I I put I was I lived in a lot. I've lived in a lot of places, but I the, made you my. The, you were in the military. Yeah, and uh, dude, I I retired out in here in Kentucky, and I I just stayed. It was it just it wasn't it's a, a beautiful place. Not I mean, too bad. It really isn't. It's, it's it, you just got to get I mean, away. From you got to get away from the city. You got to get away from Louisville and Lexington out in the rural Kentucky. It's really not that bad. It's really quiet. <laughs> it really and is. And that's like me, you know, actually I was, I was born on an air force base and spent the first half, like the first 10 years of my life moving state to state, country to country with my dad and the military. And then mm-hmm. my mom, after the divorce, my mom settled down here and stuff. And I, you know, I, 
I've traveled the world quite a bit more since then. And I just decided to settle down here because kind of like he's saying out here in the middle of nowhere, like where I am, like it's, it's, it's pretty nice. There's, there's still that kind of sense of community and that's great. Not, not the hustle and bustle of Atlanta that I avoid with every ounce of my energy. And it's Atlanta is a nightmare. <laughs> I've driven. Well, Atlanta, I've I mean, driven down Atlanta. I mean, New York is a breeze compared to that. <laughs> and let me tell you, I can I can personally vouch for this numerous times because I've driven down to actually meet with Jimmy a few times. We hung out. We've done canoe trips on the river. Yeah. Um, you know, our families our families have met. Um, this is one of those things where you know it started off as. Um, you know, getting the truth out together and we've built a friendship, not only online, but we've met up in person and become really good friends, you know, and uh, Atlanta is an absolute nightmare driving through Atlanta. I, 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 I took, I bit, I bit it and just like drove through Atlanta to get to his place. I was like, you know what? I'm not going around it. Because I just don't, I want to get there. Man, when I got into that traffic, it's one of those things where hindsight is just like, I I should have taken the extra hour to drive around. Well, you understand that that, that a place where a lot of people live, there are going to be a lot of cars. But I mean, Atlanta somehow is extraordinary. And you know, your your option of going around it is what they call the perimeter. And I'm going to tell you right now that the the, the perimeter sits just as still as the main interstate through Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Like I've, (laughs) I've, I've, I used to think that that was the way. See, I'm. I'm a, I I drive a truck. I deliver appliances and stuff. So I drive a truck for a living, and mm-hmm. I am known as being a backroad bandit because I am not about to sit still on the interstate when I'm trying to get these appliances done before the day is over. With. So, you, so you actually deliver like refrigerators and the shit. I do. I do. I, I can't. My, That's my, a hard job. You must be a young, strong guy, man. I'm. I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm in my late thirties, and I. Well, that's good. Thirties is good. I uh. It it's easier to me now than it was, you know, ten years ago when I was doing it for apartment complexes. Now I just do it for rich people, and the yeah. the only downside is is that it's ridiculous size refrigerators. And I'll I'll send, I'll send Bandit here. I send Bandit being here. Being in those sub zeros. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send Bandit I here messages. For- and I'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, you know, I'm about to take this up up 13 stairs. You know, this this fr- this fridge weighs 538 pounds, and I'm 150 pounds soaking wet and five foot six, and this fridge <laughs> towers over me, and I've got to get it up 13 stairs just to get it to the house. This is that's a nightmare. I mean, one time we lived in a fifth floor walk up in a tenement building. I, I don't know if you really understand what I'm talking about. I, I do. I, mean, it's like, I do. It's it's, uh, it's had three kids, you know. We had to move to Brooklyn, but so like it was like if you got down and one time we decided we we're gonna get a piano, right? <laughs> we got this piano. It was like half the people I knew and we it was impossible, man, trying to get it up there. It was like mm. a you know, but uh those are you know, but the thing about living in New York, which is kind of interesting, is that like I don't have to really go that many places because I all I have to do is Go a couple of subway stops and I'm in China or India or something like that because these people have such large communities of, of people that they, they're able to more or less re, you know, they, they can 
Oh yeah, mock live their it, lives, you know, without ever I, speaking anything but Hindi. You know, it's it's a cool, it's a cool. That thing. would be one of the trade off. That would be one of the cool things. I, that would be a trade off to like the to- the polar opposite of living here in rural Kentucky or any rural area of a state. Yeah, would be the cultural diversity of living in a large metro area. Um, yeah. That you would get to experience on a day on a day to day level. I don't have to deal with traffic. I don't have to deal with any of that nonsense. But I don't get like well, you know, diversity it's really, it's really what you I mean, I grew. I, I was born here and I grew up here, so I'm used to it. To me, it's mm. not. It's not this overwhelming nightmarish kind of like I don't know what's going on here. You know, I was a cab driver. I was drove a truck. You know, I had all kinds of different kinds of jobs. You know. And I grew up in New York City public school. So, you know, to me, it's not that mysterious. And a lot of people are afraid of it because it's so big. I mean, it's really huge, man. Yeah. And, and see, now I will say, like, Ben, the difference in your rule and my rule is, like, rule out here, there is a lot of cultural differences, mm. like, within, yeah. within feet of you, you know, like, we're, we're, Georgia is a lot more of a mixed state than people realize. Like there's there people, people's always first thought is like, Oh, that's Georgia. It must be racist. And I'm just like quite the opposite. Like, you know, I've, I've seen places in Northern States that I've visited and stuff that make this place look, you know, eagerly friendly, you know, and, and it's, and it's just been like certain towns and stuff like that, you know, like it's traveling about and stuff my, my way and whatnot. Colorado's, awfully interesting in the way that they treat people up there. Like you, you wouldn't think that Colorado is as racially charged as it is. Yeah, it is. Actually, my son lives there. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's just wild to think that a place like that is, is, is racially charged. It is, is, and you know, you, but you got places down here, man, you know, like you, it, it's not that big of a, big of an ordeal here. Everybody from Georgia's from Georgia, and we're, I, I still live in a place where when the car comes down your road, because there's not that many people coming down that road, you throw your hand up and wave, you know, that's just that's yeah. just common common courtesy and stuff like that. You you might not know the name of the fellow you run into at the gas station every morning beside the coffee machine, but you hold conversation with him every, you know, every Yeah, single well, that's a really wonderful thing. That's great. You know, you know and really the, I, I think and that's... So Georgia, do you live, where do you live in Georgia? How far is it from where? I am. I, I tell everybody it's the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm forty. I'm forty. Forty five. If there's no traffic, you can get to Atlanta in forty five minutes because it's forty five oh. miles straight up nineteen. But on a regular try, it's probably going to take you an hour and a half. But then I'm closer you, now you to live, you live south of south of Atlanta. I'm closer now to Macon than I than I've ever been in my life. Home like, of, the home of Otis Redding. Yeah, and and, uh, and uh, the Doobie Brothers, and the Doobie Brothers, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't know Doobie. I didn't know it's, Michael McDonald is from there. No, yeah, right? there, yeah, the, is. there's a there's a few of the guys from there's there's the this area of Georgia is a pretty hotbed for things from wrestlers to football players to oh. 
to you know musicians and stuff actually the the high school up the road from me has produced more nfl superstars than any high school in the nation really well georgia is like a machine a football team the, the university football team is just oh, ran yeah. open to the guys oh, but yeah, the uh, did it past couple of years good for them you know i don't i don't I keep up with it too enough. much but it's nice to hear that the state's doing good with it, stuff like that you know That's yeah no it's good i mean i i i think it uh yeah i mean i love it over by the whatever that part of near the coast is really nice oh da- our That's now, the place i'm mostly of, familiar with you know one, one of our other uh co-hosts neptune that unfortunately couldn't be here this evening he's also down here in the state with me and he's down there close to the coast near savannah and stuff like that like yeah savannah, savannah is nice i mean i like places like you know those islands over there edisto and uh, all kinds yeah. of cool stuff yeah. did you ever did you ever go did you ever see the uh mustang island when you were down here i don't think so there's a there's an entire island down there near Tybee Island that is full of wild mustangs. Oh wow, that's intense! I you love can, to see that. You can yeah, go I'm out, you can I'm take a check ferry and go out and camp and everything. You just drive down 95 and then you can go right over there. Yeah, you can take the ferry over there, and um, it doesn't cost anything to camp overnight if you feel like it too. And I've done it a few times, you know, and the the horses are just chilling right there with you, even though they're technically unbroken and such. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, I got about another fifteen minutes. Um, if you guys want to actually talk about the um, conspiracy stuff, <laughs> I'm <out of> the- <laughs> no, man, it's been a good time so far. Not that we, yeah. no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've never been on your show before. I mean, sometimes I really we, we go all over the place. That's the joy about the show. We like the yeah. highlight. Every once in a while, I'm on coast to coast. Every once in a while, and they, you know, they've got the same questions that they asked me the last time. <laughs> And we we like we we have sometimes actually a majority of the time we have a you know we come on with the full intention of sticking to like we're gonna talk about this subject and we're gonna stay with it the whole time. I think out of is this episode hundred and one hundred and fifty two, hundred and fifty three, something like that? Hundred and fifty two. All the episodes we've done, I think we have stuck to the, you know, scripted, like, what we're going to talk about, I think, less than five times, four yeah, times, I, three times, something really, like that. You never really know what the guest is going to bring, you know. So, <clears throat> yeah. If I was selling something, which I'm not, you know, I mean, like, if it was two <laughs> years ago, I'd be pushing my book. You know, but I mean, like I said, well, you got to buy this, blah, blah, blah. I got to look at my website and this and that. You know, but I mean, I'm not in that mode at the moment. But I mean, if that's we, have, we get guests on here. If we, if we, you know, if, if you decide to, if you decide to come back, I mean, if we haven't thrown you so far off that like these guys are crazy, man, I'm not coming no, back. No, 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 it's just, it's just you know, they're all over the place. Like we'll, we'll, we'll stick to it. That's fine. That's good. I told I'm okay yeah. with that. But, um, you know, the thing is that, like, sometimes, you know, you'll be on and, like, you know, people, I mean, the Cooper thing, that's a whole, guys, there's a whole bunch of podcasts, like, you know, somewhat like yours, you know, you know what, you know what I mean? And they, I've been on a bunch of them. And, um, some of them are much more serious and they're very uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nailing down your position on this so you could tell. Oh, yeah. Good guy or a bad guy, you know. <laughs> some of them, and some of them want to be, you know, some of them want to be little Alex Jones or and and have their version of Infowars, you know. But we're not, you know, we're not like that. It's very chill. It's okay. We, 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 one day we can be talking about, you know, what ifs on World Trade Center Building Number Seven. The next day it could be Bigfoot. 
the following day, it could be movies. Like we've done, I have a friend that is a, a C list actor and comedian, stand up comedian. Mm-hmm. And he comes on here from time to time and we just break down movies and just have a conversation oh, yeah. on classic eighties cool. movies that's, and stuff. That's you know? cool. Just, that's cool. I mean, well, it's a culture thing. I mean, if you're talking about culture, <laughs> it's culture. Actually, one thing that I think is going to be, uh, I'm going to make a prediction about conspiracy stuff. I believe that mm. one of the things that it may not, it may not hit. But the chatbot thing, that's an interesting thing to watch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we, 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 we talk about chatbots a little bit on here every now we've, and then. We've, we've had experience. People, people are going to wonder who's really writing that stuff. Who, we've had how the algorithm is set up to answer that kind of, those kind of questions. Because I think they're going to be, and you'll see, I, 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 I may be completely wrong about this. Which is no, yeah, I think you're right. When you're a conspiracy theorist, you have to be able to use this phrase. I may be completely wrong about this, but you know, um, the uh, it seems to me that they're going to be the chatbots are going to be they're going to be set up eventually as it becomes more. Because if I'm Google, right, I got to be worried about chatbot because Google mm-hmm. search Google searching has become a fucking joke. Because you cannot find anything on Google unless you put in, you have to know all the, these, uh, whatever that thing is, the optimization kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing that's so advanced at Google that, you know, if you find out, like, I got a broken leg, what should I do? You have to, you know, you have to go through 5,000 ads before you get to anybody who's actually going to tell you something that you believe or might believe. So, because you've got all those advertisers on there. So now, People are sick of that. They don't want to go on Google and look up stuff, which I'm not talking about you guys necessarily. Most people, that's what they do. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if the, if the chatbot turns out to be more, more, uh, effective at answering people's questions, if I'm Google, I'm going to be worried about that. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when the monster is worried, the monster does shit. So like, you know, you, oh, you can become self aware. Well, you know, yeah, self-aware. It could be like, you know, <laughs> they don't want to lose market share. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what a lot of this stuff is about. You know, so money. We, yeah, it's about money. So, uh, you know, it's about money and it's, they've, they've got, they've had everything their own way for a long time. Now here's this new piece of technology, just like from before that they came along, you know, who thought about Google? I mean, who thought that you could search things on the internet? And so, you could, so then in a rapid, and really rapidly, it became the standard way you find out information, right? Mm-hmm. So, but there's a lot of flaws because they're pigs. <laughs> they're pigs, you know. Yeah, no, you're no, you're right. They're you're pigs. absolutely hundred like, you know, percent right. They want they want to make more money, so they've gone. They've taken that bond that they have with the internet user. Mm-hmm. That should be more like somewhat of a hippie type thing in a way, you know, that kind of sharing information, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they declare that they own this crap and you have to. They like, hoarded it. Yeah. They, they hoarded, hoarded it. They hoarded it. And, yeah. and, and they, what they want to show you is something that you're going to spend money on. So yep. like when I go on there, I'm not looking to, I'm not, I'm not trying to buy something. I'm trying to find something out. And after a while you get mad. So, so the chat bot. Is the first real thing to come up to challenge that model. And it's, and it's gonna, 
I don't know what's going to happen, but it's worth looking into. And there's going to be some movements behind the scenes that are going to be interesting to see what happens on on a lot of different levels because the chatbots are going to be programmed. I mean, it isn't the computer that's thinking that somebody's programming it, right? So what are they programming it to say? So. We played with one on an episode one night. Um, yeah, we did. Louis, Louis, our co-host, he has access into the, the big one from the open AI chatbot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just throwing kind of weird, silly questions at it. And it, it was, it would answer some of them. And then it would answer some of them in a way that they were almost trying to be like snoops online. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to be like, Oh, it, it's this, but it's not this and it's not that. And, and you can, uh, you can bet that it's trying to get your email address and your telephone yeah, number. Yeah, right. Like that. It's trying to get right. your it's info. Send you more junk you don't want. So, right. like you know, um, it, it's to me um, one of the biggest conspiracy or like you know scandals of the world now is the way that people have have just basically rolled over for corporate people. The corporations set the rules. They tell you. If you want to get in touch with a doctor, you've got to do this. You got to go through the, whatever the, whatever the thing is, you know, and all that kind of stuff like that. Or you just get to see the doctor, you know, it's, it's, um, and this is all because of what's good for the corporation, whatever corporation happens to be. So people have to fall in line because really everything is a monopoly in a way. So you don't really have much freedom of choice here. So, I mean, it's, you know, after all this bitching about socialism, now you got capitalism with no choice. So, um, and this is a problem. You know, yeah, you got a million kinds of coffee you can buy, but that's not to me. That's not a choice. So, um, it's the illusion of choice. You know, where you, you've got the, yeah, exactly. You've yeah. got you've got you're down to what like you know three two two to three major oil companies. You've only got a handful of insurance companies and stuff like that. But yeah, I saw that in your post. It was definitely true. I mean as as these things consolidate, which they inevitably will because that's the way the economics of the situation is going to work, you know, then you're going to be well American freedom, yeah, yeah, yeah social. But yet you've got twenty three flavors you, of ice cream, you know, like <laughs> how stupid can fucking people be? I mean how how that's the main question that really is the one that's bothering me at age 75 after being in this business for like 50 years. Why are people so fucking stupid? That's the one thing that is really bothering me, you know? So like, why do they fall for this stuff? How come they can't know that they're being tricked? You know, it's not necessarily that, uh, well, I believe this about the World Trade Center. I believe that about the World Trade Center. I mean, I don't care what the fuck you believe about the World Trade Center. The fact that 3,000 people die is a, is a scary thing. You know, that, and it happened to be in my hometown. That, I have a very strong feeling about that. So, um, you know, but the idea that people are, are just willing to go along with this kind of like programming of their lives, you know, because <clears throat> it was trouble to think about and doing it any other way. And like, you know, what's the biggest crack? I mean, convenience is the new crack as far as I can see. Yeah. In other words, well, I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is put my current card number in here and the thing is going to show up. Isn't that great? <laughs> I don't yeah. have to go to a store. I don't have to like say, well, I want to get this or that, you know, maybe this is better. I don't even have to think about that. So like, you know, it's better. So that convenience is another one of these things that people rely on. 
to to control your life. And and you know this I mean? this goes back to something you we were mentioning a little bit earlier. The it seems the biggest supporters of these conveniences and these corporations are these neoliberals that. That have well, just... they're the ones that they're the ones that are making it, but the, don't let the conservatives off the hook. I mean, oh, I'm not. Uh, I don't no. let them off the hook either. No. Man, believe, believe me, me, I don't. You know, I mean, no. like, like business, like, like they're in business. I don't have anything against primitive capitalism, I, like, I, but I mean, the corporate capital, late, what they call late stage capitalism, that is bad. News, well, right? you know, I I I push a lot of book on here by uh, author Gary Chartier called markets not capitalism and he's what he's another one of what i call a unicorn he is a a classic liberal that like yourself can see past a lot of the nonsense and see past the corporatization and the past all that stuff and he's just like hey like why exactly like you said why the fuck is everyone so stupid and comfortable and you know i i think that you're right there too on like the conservatives. Like I, I, I try to remind people of this on a regular basis. You know, conservatives do a really good job at conserving tyranny and that's about all they conserve anymore. And, and it's, well, you know, they're conserving their own pocketbooks. I mean, they're great at that, you know, but you know, or keeping people stupid. I mean, the conservatives are really very good at that. All I mean, the above, uh, all the above, you know, and I it's, mean, you know, it's, uh, you see, the, the liberals, the so-called liberals, they're selling, you know, you know, you should read a book. But, you know, but really, I mean, you know, tell me, give me a book, I'll read it. But, uh, it's, it's like, I don't know, man. I just feel that people should get together and they should understand that the human being is the, is on top of the universe because we got this brain between our, in, between our ears. And we that's to the what, top of the food chain. You want to believe in God or not believe in God, evolution. It's all the same thing. It all ends up in the same place that the human brain is the one that's really calling the shot. So, um, and that is, and that is, and to see, that's one, one of the bitches I have about the moon landing thing is I think a lot of people think that people are too stupid to figure out that how to go to the moon. And that's one of the reasons why they think people didn't go. Because really, once you're born, the devil takes over. You know, somehow that, then, then you're fair game for the devil. As long as you stay in your mother's womb, then the devil is, can't get in there somehow. But, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You hear a lot of crazy stuff. And then, you know, it just sort of seems like, why don't people really begin to sit, just sit down for 10 minutes and think about it? What's really likely? What's the best? What what makes the most sense? Not like what the thing that you're most emotional about, you know? Emotions. What makes the most sense? That's, <laughs> you, you hit the nose right there. I think too many people let their emotions dictate, you know, the the belief in it. And and I do say that the some of these slanted alternative medias, whether it be on the left side or the right side, do kind of help, you know, fuel that like you were saying earlier like the crazy stuff you heard coming out of fox news and vice versa for somebody who would always watch fox news and go to msnbc you know there's going to be alternative universes (laughs) there's going to be those alternative universes in there and 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 instead of actually trying to dig up the facts people think emotionally and just start reacting and you know that's when you get yeah i make i make comments about this a lot like online social media in general like facebook and twitter and all the typing all the keyboard warriors that just go back and forth and name call and try to make the other one look stupider than the other one when they're both looking like complete morons Mm, too much ego man that's why i like that's 
it's a big reason that kind of pushed me towards a lot of the things that we do here and having conversations with such an array of people is my goal is I want to show everybody that we are the same. Like at, at the end of the day, yes, we might have a lot of things that we do differently, but there are so many things about us that are the same down to the bottom line of a nice place to lay our head at night, us, you know, the feeling of security and a full belly. I, I can't think of another person on this on this planet with us that wouldn't want those things. And I think that, well, that we, that's, I agree completely. I, I mean, I, you know, really, I mean, I'm just, <clears throat> why do people, why do people want to stir everything up so much? I mean, it must be something about the human condition that makes people want to do that. And, <laughs> but, well, and not, you know, not, not to mention the honest disagreement. Let's talk it over my friend, you know, it's yeah, like, and, and the, but the constant bombardment, like you were saying with like advertisement and stuff like that, like that's got to have a, damage to the psyche in general you know like that 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 great strong human brain i think has become damaged but with a mixture of toxic chemicals and garbage being fed to us you know what i'm saying we're we're trying our best to kill ourselves but um yeah i don't i don't don't think it's gonna work you know i i think that people are gonna you know it's a very we're very hardy species you know yeah. I mean, oh, oh, we, <laughs> we, we will survive. We will, we will survive. survive. I mean, not, maybe maybe not in our current condition, but we will yeah. survive. That's why, like climate change, which I basically think is clearly happening. But the thing is, it's not. Doesn't mean that it's really. It means it's bad for people. I mean, the Earth is going to keep going. You know, it's going to keep going around the sun. You know, I mean, whether or not people are choking because of that stuff or not. I mean, and uh, life is going to continue. It's like every time you see, like, go to the desert. Somehow there's a lot of flowers there, even though there's no water. So somehow life is going to continue to exist. So, um, you know, it's just... Uh, Humans have been through the trenches in a lot of scenarios, and well, we're still here. 200,000 years have been here, depending on, well, I, don't know, I don't know, maybe you guys believe the world started 6,000 years ago. I hope not, but... Um, no. <laughs> we've only been know. here, uh, like, uh, we've only been here, the human species has only been here in existence. 0.004% of the yeah. existence of this planet. We are not going to be the reason this planet is destroyed. This well, planet will correct, Earth will correct itself, and it will keep on spinning around the sun, whether we're here or not. <laughs> that's just well, how I, it's going to it, go. It's a, I agree with it completely. But the thing is, what you got to do a little bit if you're a public, if you're a publicly minded person, is you can't allow corporate or money industry interests to wreck people's lives just because it's oh, good. Abso- absolutely. You know, that yeah. can't be. And you no. can't, you cannot believe this kind of crapola that they hand you. I mean, I, I mean, most of this stuff about what I'm supposed to eat so I can live longer and all this stuff like that, you know, it's just all more, it's more advertising, you know, I mean, you know, right. so, you know, my grandfather lived to be like, and people live to be a hundred years old. They they continue to smoke. I mean, I don't think it's a good idea. I wouldn't do it, but I mean, it happens. So, um, anyhow, I'm I got I got to split, but it's been really a lot of fun. Talking. Yeah, and no, I come appreciate back. you joining us tonight, and I do I do hope that you get to come back and join us another evening. Yeah, oh, invite me. You saw that I I I, resp- I responded right away. Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. I like there's something about your email. I get a lot of these kind of things. <laughs> usually, I stuck out, didn't it? Like, well, I don't know what happened, but I mean, usually I got to the point where like, 
Well, Jimmy, Jimmy gets that a lot. I mean, I'm going to charge. I'm going to charge fifty dollars. You know, that's what I'm going to. You know, because I figure, like, you know, if I'm going to sit on the telephone with these guys and they're basically trying to make me look bad, at least I should get paid, right? But it was something about your email that made me say, "Oh yeah, sure, cool." You know, but (laughs) I I have a different way of approaching things. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be that different thing in the world that maybe shines a light towards some positive change. Well, way. good, man. Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep wearing that hat and keep calling. You should definitely, you know, you might want to call up, um, you know, just read about, read about somebody in a newspaper that said something interesting and just call them and see what happens, yeah. you know, because it would change the show a lot, you know. Oh, oh you man, know? you know, I've, 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 I've talked to people in different states that were, that were doing things, interesting things like that, like, um, <clears throat> in Oklahoma. Yeah. The, you know, some friends that were that I've made because they were trying to fight against the DOT built um, taking their land to build yeah. to build new highway and stuff, you know, and I just thought it was interesting, you know, with the things that they've had to say. And I've, I've run across a bunch of other people with interesting stories like that. That's what well, I like. Those, the most. Local, those local stories are always I mean, the, the shit that's on the MSNBC and Fox News, these national stories, they're all bullshit. Right. The local stuff. Is the thing that matters it does. because it, that's what people actually know something about. They can tell you why they feel the way they feel, you know, and 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 it makes sense. That's why. And, and you notice one thing, even in a place like New York City, where they used to have like dozens of these local things. Like I used to work at the Village Voice. That's where I first got my start, right? Which was a wonderful paper. If you want to look at it, I mean, it's just out of business now, but. um the thing is that uh, the local issues that people get people excited, that's where the real politics are. That's what real politics are. Yes. The other yeah. stuff is just politique, <laughs> you know? It's, uh, anyhow, I'll see you later. Nice Thank you again for joining us, and I hope you have a fantabulous evening. We'll talk soon. Okay, man. Uh, <clears throat> my regards to your other host there, and uh, hey, Bandit, next time I'm driving through Owensboro, I'll look for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. Absolutely. You know that Johnny Depp is from Owensboro. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jim Warcraft is from yeah, there. D- Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Ernest yeah. is actually from. Uh, he's actually buried, and he was born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, and George Clooney is actually a Kentucky native too. Uh, you're, you'd be, yeah, it really is one of those things where it's like you get these big names that are actually from these yeah. states, and you're just like, I didn't know that. Secretariat yeah. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everybody that's out there listening and watching, you know, I'm going to make sure that I have you know, some links to get back to his work and stuff like that for Mark so that you guys can check him out yourself on your free time. All right. If people want to, people want to check out my Instagram thing is that I have an Instagram account, which I post stuff about this kind of stuff every once in a while. It's called the pale horse rider book. I actually have it pulled up. That is uh that's originally the first place that I had, I had found you at and you, you I was, I was like horrified to find out that my telephone number was on there. I never looked at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and you know, this is this, He's always po- he has posted some good stuff. I have thumbed through it, and I'll make sure that I have this link up there so that you guys can get back. And I like that yourself. picture. I like those picture of uh, Clint Eastwood and uh, Eli Wallach and uh, 
and <laughs> Lee Van Cleef. The good, the bad, the ugly. Great movie. Great movie. It's a and, great movie. And of course it, it sums guys, everything up. See the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. <laughs> of course, more, you guys know you can find all of those links over at unconstitutionalawakening.com underneath this episode, as well as answering tonight's pirate trivia question underneath the same episode if you guys so that you guys have been doing that to get yourself some free unconstitutional awakening stickers because we've got that going on so (laughs) so tonight's pirate question is where do pirates store their gym clothes so you guys head on over there to episode to this episode and answer the question underneath there and i'll send you a pirate or i'll send you one of our fantabulous stickers so you guys have a fantastic evening thank you